Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and I'm with Matt. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, another weekend of two wins, so I'm, I'm pretty happy geezer. Rarified territory. Alan, surely you're happy about that as well. I'm so happy. <laughs> this, is, this is strange territory for you, isn't it? I'm turning a new leaf. I'm a new man. And that is it. And that's what you've got to look forward to when you keep coming back to the Thistle. Thanks a lot for following us um, on the iTunes uh, podcast app, Acast, or pretty much anywhere now. Um, and on Twitter, at Thistle Rugby Pod. Some of you have been at us this week on the uh, iTunes store, leaving us a review. Please do it. It makes a massive difference. Puts us up the ratings and um, puts us out there to new listeners, spreading the Scottish rugby gospel. So uh, a review, five-star review from... Uh, anonymous an east coast warrior it says here discovered this pod just in time for the new season top quality analysis with a scottish perspective for once honestly think this podcast smashes anything else on tv radio or online um interviews in particular excellent and always seem to get a more interesting angle than the sound bites you get elsewhere thanks very much for that and we do have an interview coming up later with edinburgh captain magnus bradbury Thanks, Mum, for leaving that great review. <laughs> so there you go. It was the bit that said and online. Yeah. yeah. I noticed you'd been in there and edited that <laughs> to we, cover. We've, we've had to really dig into like second cousins twice removed and stuff to get our reviews. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're running out. So it'd be it's amazing to get some genuine ones. It's amazing that we've managed to get to 81. But um, <laughs> God, thank you so much. We love it when we hear from you. So please get on there. Leave us a review if you can. Um, and speak to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. As I say, um, we have been chatting to Magnus Bradbury, the new captain of Edinburgh, about the two from two um, starts of this season. So we're going to be getting into that fairly shortly. We're also going to be re- reviewing the Glasgow game and having a look at some of the Scots abroad and how they're getting on. But how about some news to kick things off? Edinburgh are signing young prop Cami Fenton. Yeah, signed um, on a one-year deal, I think. Um, he's in the, he's in, a, ca- in the yeah, academy, though, he's in the academy, so it's kind of first um, proper contract. Um, I think he'd been tra- having a trial period at the club. Um, young hooker slash prop, um, who sort of cut his teeth at Strathallan, I think, and then has been playing for Hawks um, in the main and doing really well. Um, he played actually in, played flanker last yeah. week uh, at the weekend, so he's a pretty versatile guy, clearly sort of got, got quite a lot of skills, good engine. Um and yeah, it'd be exciting to see how, how he gets on. What can we read into what that means for the Edinburgh injury crisis at prop? Um, I think they just want a lot more cover, I suppose. It's one of those areas, such a specialist position, that I think that's it, really. Um, I suppose he, this Rizzo guy did, was doing pretty well on Friday, according to some front row experts. I, I wasn't quite sure, but that's what I've heard. Some people say he was doing well. Others, like myself, didn't realise he was playing. So... <laughs> I don't, take from that what you will. 
But, you know, hey, so new young lad, good luck to you, Cammy. Um, Shall we chat about when we played Cammy Fenton once oh, yeah. back in the day? Oh, yeah. yeah, this is good. When he was, we, we played a Strath team in the Mabel Sevens when they were still at school. I think 15, they were 16? 15 or 16. Jamie Ritchie and Cammy Fenton in the same team. We, we did beat them, but there were some seriously big boys and they're about 10 times more physical than a pretty what? hungover side. One of the worst 14 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> It was shocking. I remember speaking to Jamie Ritchie afterwards and saying, like, well played, mate. Like, who are you playing for? And he was like, I'm still at school. I'm 16. <laughs> I couldn't actually believe it. Uh, but there you go. Absolute joke. But, you know, an early early sign of the quality coming through there, and Edinburgh have got it. Um, what about this? Chief exec of the Pro 14 has been out in the media again today talking about further expansion, looking at the east coast of America. Alan, you were reading this. Yeah, I think... Um Still a lot of um, momentum for Washington getting a franchise. Do we call it franchise? Yeah, I think it's a franchise. Franchise in. There was also a bit of chat about Germany having a team. And uh, there's always always been a bit of conversation about Canada as well. Chat about going to sort of Pro 16. Which, if I'm honest, I'm probably more keen on a US or Canada team than I am sort of cheaters or kings. I'm not sure why. I just think feels a little bit more sort of like natural um, natural progression. And also we were chatting about the Toronto Rugby League side that have been getting 7,500 fans out this season. Mm. And they're in the third division. So there's obviously a, a desire to watch sort of, well, rugby of some sort. And you would think that Rugby Union would get more fans in than Rugby League. So, mm. But on the other side... The South Africa team are quite rubbish. <laughs> They're so bad. They've shipped like 200 points already. Yeah, between them. like 40 to 50 points every game so far. Yeah. I know they're away from home, but and they've played some strong teams, to be fair, like likes of um, Munster and Scarlet. But yeah, I mean, they would probably be better than a potential American side. So what would be the score for like a season or so with those kind of guys, unless there was some serious investment that went into it yeah i think it would have to be really sort of positioned around kind of half american players half sort of foreign yeah. imports to really yeah sort of get them to level to be able to compete maybe it'll become like this sort of like the new york um galaxy of the football so when like old legends will now go to <laughs> america to play um to play rugby instead of going to france Just get dan carter in toronto i was gonna say dan parks dan parks <laughs> dan parks in washington He's, He's got to have another year in him somewhere. Somewhere. I think he'd love it. Like, be the, the, like the spearhead of a new East Coast franchise, <laughs> Dan Park. You could build it around him. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all the news, isn't it? It's been yeah, I think fairly, so. Quite quiet. Fairly yeah. quiet other than stuff that's been on the park. Um, and as we discussed, Edinburgh, unbelievably off to a two from two start um, and we sat down we didn't sit down with them we were on the phone with them we had a chat with <laughs> Magnus Bradbury on the phone and um, here's what he had to say and on the line we've got Edinburgh skipper uh, Magnus Bradbury Magnus how are you yeah good thanks mate good, good thanks for having me on yeah n- no worries um, successful start to the season you've been enjoying yourself yeah it's uh, got off the season season off to a good start so it's, it's good to see we get the results but we're still so we've been plenty out there, so we've still got a lot to work on, which is an exciting thing. Yeah, definitely. So um, obviously, really, really impressive win against the Dragons on um, on Friday night. That must have felt great in the changing rooms afterwards. Uh, a few beers? Uh, one or two, yeah. So it's just uh, we're just focused on the, on the quick turnaround as well. So so the recovery is key. So it's just that sort of thing where the beers can wait until until a better point in the season when we've when we've put ourselves. Um, and, and sort of the best position we can to have them. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose you must be thinking within the squad, you've got um, Treviso coming up on Friday night back at my side. You guys have got to be eyeing up, you know, going three from three. Yeah, well, it doesn't, I, probably doesn't really matter who we've got. We're always going to go out there to win, but it's just just because of one of the Italian, it's just because of the Italian team doesn't even get complacent or anything. If, if we don't play our game, they can, they can easily do one over on us as well. So it's, but just coming to the game and giving it hundred percent every week. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you, you were appointed captain this season. How, how did you feel when when the news got got broken? And what sort of style do you think you'll bring as a captain to the Edinburgh team? Oh well, obviously, it's extremely honoured to be to be asked to the captain, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a big responsibility. But just for me and and when I spoke to Cockers and, and a few other guys, it's 
for I just like myself to be sort of seen as one of those one of those captains that leads by example. So I'm always one to just get my head down and do things rather than tell another folk to do it. Yeah, that, that's great. And was that sort of um, did you have to make a, a speech in the sort of the team room when you were announced? Um, what what did you sort of say to the lads? Because there's a lot of senior senior boys in there with lots of Scotland caps under their belt. I mean, what did you say to the to the group when you addressed them as the captain? Oh, I didn't actually say anything. It was just uh, just in a team meeting, so it's pretty pretty low key. But no, I've had those co- I've had a few conversations and stuff, and it's just about you know that they're still the more experienced players and like the likes of Fordy and that. You always yeah, there's no way you can't not look up to them. So it's it's just we're, we're all on the same page, and it doesn't it doesn't really matter who's winning, who is the captain. It's about us all driving the team forward and driving the standards together as a collective rather than than one. As, as me as a captain, for example, um, tell boys how to do it. If we all do it together, it's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. And is that is that one of the sort of messages that um, that Richard Cockrell's brought in when he he came in earlier in the summer? Yeah, exactly. He made it he made it very clear that that no one's special, whether it's like I said, Ross Ford with hundred odd caps for Scotland, or or someone that hasn't even played for Edinburgh. Everyone's everyone's on the same page, and everyone's in the same. The same spot in the pick and in the pecking order, so it's it's just about the best that you put forward and how you present yourself is going to get. If you're if you're playing well, for example, you, you're going to be the one playing for the team. Um, and he's, he's made it very clear to myself as well that if I'm if I'm not playing well, I won't be in the team. So it's it's just that that thing that we are a team, and it's whatever we do is is the best thing for the team. Yeah, that's brilliant. You've had a couple of new additions. Big name, uh, Robbie Fruin, starting with a try on Friday night. He he's an absolute beast. What's he been like to have in the in the training squad? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's good. He's just he's kept well away from me when we've been in a bit of contact. So I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, he's a great addition because he's, he's got a, a lot of experience as well. So he adds that to the to the team culture, to the team environment. Um, and obviously does help the younger guys and everyone, so he's, he's a really good addition to the team, not only what he brings in the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, I heard, I heard a rumour that he sort of um, instigated a new changing room song for sort of post-match victories. Can you tell us anything about that? Uh, it's not, not, it's not well, so much a song, it's just a wee, a wee chant we have whenever we get a victory, so maybe I'll, hopefully we'll get to hear it a few more times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that, that's great. How are, you, um, how are the squad feeling about the... The trips. You've got quite a few away trips this year. You'll have two down to South Africa, and probably the most daunting. You're going to going to Russia. How are you sort of yeah. feeling about these um, sort of new rugby frontiers? Uh, we'll try to take it in our stride. To be honest, um, we're, one of our things is taking taking things play by play as well. So, I mean, we haven't talked too much about it. We've obviously mentioned when it is and and where we're going, but it's just when these things. We'll we'll talk about it more when it went there. But we're just focusing on the. On the on the, the week's job, which is whichever game we have uh, on the weekend, so it's, I mean, I'm sure sure we'll hopefully we'll find out more soon. But from that, from my point of view, we haven't really heard much about it. That's interesting. I mean, broadly, just touch, touched on Europe there. What what's the sort of squad's ambition when you get into that um, into the sort of Challenge Cup? Is it you want to go on a, on a cup run there and get quite deep into the tournament? Yeah, of course. Um, look, we're all, we're always we're always going to win. Try and win as many games we possibly can, and I mean we're going out there to say to say to teams we're always going to play our best, and, and, if, and if they're better than us on the day, then that's just how it is. But we're we haven't set or talked about any set um, set position we're going to we're going to aim for. It's just about playing our best rugby, and hopefully the results will come with that. And and does that sort of no no set position sort of being named? Does that apply to the league as well? It's just sort of um, getting the results you can. Mm, exactly. Well, yeah, it's just about we we've talked about it, and the way we want to approach it is is we want to gain credibility, as we want to play these games, and people want to look at us and think, oh, that's, that's a different Edinburgh team, and just gain gain some respect, some credibility, and if that comes from results or or even just by the way we play, that, that's that's what we're hoping to hope to gain this season. Yeah, definitely. Um... Obviously, you you sort of picked up a few of your first Scotland caps um, in the last season or so. What what are your ambitions there this season? Are you really sort of looking to to cement your your place in the in the starting squad? Uh, yeah, look, it's obviously it's a great honour to play for Scotland, and I'd love to spend as much time in that jersey as possibly could. But 
like like I, like I've said before, like everyone else has said, I'm sure it's it's, it's all about Edinburgh first moment. We've we've made that very clear, and Cockers has made it clear to us. It's it's not about using it as a stepping stone. It's about doing the best we can in Edinburgh jersey. And if if international honours come from that, then then that, that's that's great. That's great for us. But first things first is uh, putting our best foot forward for Edinburgh. Yeah, on, on Cockers there, we, we had a message on uh, on Twitter from one of our fans, a guy called Chris Rell. He he wonders is um, is Cockers in, as scary in person as he looks sort of on TV. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a pretty daunting guy. I mean, he's got his, he's got his pod going. Yeah, <laughs> as, uh, as I imagine that's probably quite well received amongst the squad. Though, that sort of cracking in the whip, and um, obviously the results are speaking for themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's not all the time, obviously, but it's, it's when you need it, he, he's he's more than happy to give it. So, um, no, it's the right place at the right time. It works works well enough. It seems like one of the most uh, pleasing aspects in the first two games has been the the defence of the side as well. So, what's Calum Craybot to the party, and what sort of things do you, do you think he does a bit a bit differently to to previous uh, Edinburgh defence coaches? Uh, it's just. For for us, it's it's all about um, the, the mindset. Like we always want to be going forward, and, and no matter what we do, whether, whether it's an attack or defence, and and the way with the way we tackle them is we we're trying to hit to hurt. So it's we're always trying to get that one up on the on the opposition, and uh, like with the mind, with the idea that if you hit them, they're going to run it as hard as next time, and, so, and and that sort of that sort of idea. So uh, it's it's working well for us, and, it, and it's. Obviously, there's things you still need to improve, but we're still building on that every week, and hopefully, we're we're getting closer to the to the, to the finished picture on the defence side of things. Brilliant. Um, that's that's all been really great. We won't keep you for for too much longer. Just wanted to touch on something that we've asked a few of the guests on the show, um, and that's uh, who their worst roommate has been when they've been out on tour, either with sort of uh, Scotland or Edinburgh. Who's who's the worst person you've had to share a room with? Oh. Uh, I think that's a good, good one actually. Uh, probably, probably Xander Fagerson back back in the twenties. <laughs> to be honest, what's uh, what's what's bad about him? I'll oh, just do the ch- chat. He's got some very questionable chat about certain things that, <laughs> that <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't really stop. To be honest, <laughs> certain things. Uh, <laughs> care to elaborate? Uh, probably better not. To be <laughs> Fair enough, uh, Magnus. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, best of luck on Friday. Bring home the the third win. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. I wonder what Xander Fagerson's getting up to. It's pretty pretty cryptic there from... uh, Yeah, it didn't want want to divulge much, so that must have been from their under-20 days. Yeah, Um, well, interesting anyway. So if you've got anything that you want to share about um, Xander Fagerson, we have an anonymous hotline. It's called our Twitter (laughs) feed, at Thistle Rugby Pod, so let us know. But really good to hear from him, and he seems to... um, they seem to really be driving home that sort of team-first, Edinburgh-first ethos, which has um, brought them two wins so far. Yeah, I do sort of like like it, but they've obviously, I think, A, they've all been sort of driven this message that this is what they need to sort of project to the media kind of all the time. Because you kind of get it from quite a lot of the different players. Yeah. Mm. Slash, I think they're all just terrified of Cockrell. So. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think Cockrell's Which, just like toe the line. Yeah. And you could even see it during sort of the um, the coverage on Friday. Even like Alan Dell was just like, yeah, Cockrell's come in. He's put a fire under us. We needed it. Cool. <laughs> and like, yeah. they've all just like, they all knew they needed it. And they've all kind of just now sort of bought into it now, I think. Yeah. And, you know, it's showing on the pitch again, you know. It, this is one of those games where kind of, ed- it kind of the momentum went both ways throughout the whole game. Sort of Dragons were on top. Edinburgh came back. And then it sort of looked there in the second half like Edinburgh, that Edinburgh were going to sort of lose the game in a sort of similar manner to last year. But, you know, they held, they held on and um, managed to take the win. Yeah, 35-18, bonus point. Um, who was looking good? I mean, start, start right from the back. Blair Kinghorn looks unbelievable. Not just the tries, but just his general play. He's, he's making yards every time he touches the ball. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he looks like a real confidence player. And you can just see at the moment the way he sort of carries himself, the way he really just sort of attacks space. He's obviously just so full of confidence. Mm. And you're right; he was just consistently making yards and breaking the line throughout that whole throughout that whole game. And 
really was sort of the ma- magic spark for many of those tries. Um, and also, I think for us, which is great for the Scotland team, is I think, you know, fullbacks being the position we've been pretty worried about in terms of there's just no real backup to Stuart Hogg. And unlike a few other people that were saying on Twitter that Blair Kinghorn is going to be pushing Stuart Hogg for the jersey, that's bullshit. But <laughs> I think having Blair Kinghorn there, he's starting to look like an able replacement if Stuart Hogg is out for the Autumn Internationals. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that once again, we do need to temper all this with the fact that it is Cardiff and Dragons that they've beaten and that he has beaten so many defenders against these two teams. So it'd be interesting to see him against sort of the bigger lights and whether he can carry that form onwards because that, that is the real test. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he definitely has the ability. It's just maybe the the sort of temp- temperament that um, is going to be put to the test. Well, he's, he's got a great opportunity. Think about it. They're playing against um, Treviso on Friday night um, at Myerside again. I mean, that is an unbelievable opportunity for them to go three from three. And mm. you think that is a dream fixture for like a sort of fast-flowing game if they can get it yeah. going and yeah. get the ball in Kinghorn's hands. He's going to love to run at them. Yeah. And Jamie Ritchie with the man of the match again? Was it two in a row? No, Blair Kinghorn got it Against last. Cardiff. Okay, against but Cardiff. he was close. Um, yeah, yeah. Considering he wasn't really sort of a first pick last year and he's farmed out to Barmier a lot, he seems to be doing really, really well. Um, do you think he's sort of pushing for the Scotland, Scotland squad, Scotland starting shirt? Um, well, I think it's interesting. I think Blair Kinghorn and Jamie Ritchie both had probably not as good a season last year mm. as they both would have wanted. And they both have been the real two star performers of the, um, the, of the Edinburgh side. I think Jamie Ritchie just because of the nature of how strong yeah. the back row for Scotland is at the moment. I just, he's not going to get... He's probably fighting against Barkley, Wilson, and these are people that are really sort of been consistently playing at the top of their game for the last yeah. sort of few years. But he, you know what? Against sort of Samoa, he's the sort of player you want to see at mm. least be on the bench and getting some game time to see if he can see how he sort of performs at that top level. Yeah, definitely. And what about new boy? Robbie Froon cutting an absolutely sweet little line to get his um, his first try for Edinburgh. It was a sweet line. It was a sweet line. He was <laughs> a bit average for quite a substantial amount of the game. And you know what? He's coming back from injury. Yeah. He's been out for a long, long time. And uh, I was a bit worried at the start because I think he's, he's first touched the ball. He, he dropped it. <laughs> and you know what? I, I felt really bad for him because you see he got the ball and he was just like, I'm going to take this hard to the line. And then he got tackled and knocked it on. And I was like, yeah. I, and I, it was one of those things that can really just like sh- shot, shoot your confidence. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Sh- cool. Shook. Shook. Shook your confidence. No. Sh- I don't know if it's a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, uh, but no, I think in the second half, he sort of um, grew into the game. And yeah, that line was mm. sexy as. I think from what I watched, he was actually. What I quite liked was he was doing the sort of the nitty gritty work. Like he got a couple of turnovers and he was actually sort of making his hits and doing the defensive work, which I think the fact that he was like, I mean, it was like his first try, but hitting the badge at the end of the try, like, oh, seems the, like he absolutely loves it. Oh, the badge he pump. cares. Badge pump. The yeah. badge pump in front of the half empty stand of my side. Oh, they he looked up and was like, ah, oh, right. They no, this it. For, they yeah, I'm not playing at Canterbury, but. He's been a gunner for life, that man. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, that's the thing. When he's he come playing, home. When he was playing for Canterbury, he always said he wanted to play for Edinburgh. Yeah, so yeah. there's been his, it's his boyhood club, so yeah. good to see. But I mean, look, Friday night against um, Treviso, you've got to be backing another bonus point win, surely. I mean, definitely. Like, I even think these two games, Cardiff game was a bit of a banana slip. The fact that Edinburgh is so inconsistent, it would have been typical of them to lose to, to the Dragons. Um, but I think having won both those games, going with so much confidence that they're going to beat this Treviso team, although Treviso gave Ulster a pretty good game at the weekend, so maybe they're not as big a pushover as we might expect. No, we'll see. Um, I don't think the Dragons were as bad as I thought they were going to be, especially Gavin Henson's all right. Big Gav. I, I mean, he looks like a right dick. <laughs> yeah, but he always has, to be fair. He has always, but he can pass a, he can pass a great ball. They've got a line in the second row as well. Corey Hill. British and Irish line, Corey Hill. What a legend. I know. Absolute boy. Better than Johnny Gray, supposedly. Clearly. Clearly. So, so much um, better than Johnny Gray. But no, they were, because they were, they were um, like, Callum Amos is a, good, is, a, is a good player. And they were sort of, they were getting the ball wide. And they, at, to be honest, in the first 20 minutes, I was pretty, pretty worried. Yeah. The Dragons were sort of making yards pretty, pretty easily. 
But um, the fact that we didn't allow them to score a try, mm. even though they were making those yards, just shows that A, sort of scrambled defence, sort of like working well, and B, just sort of desire to really just sort of shut teams down in that inside of 22 is something that really sort of shone through in these first two games. Yeah. Do, do we remember our um, predictions from last week? Uh, I, I only remember it because I know that you said that they would win by 17 points. I did oh, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, 35-18. I mean, it wasn't... You didn't guess the correct score, though, did you? No, but I said 17 points. Okay, but moving so. on from that, just quickly back <laughs> to what Alan was saying about defence. Quite interesting hearing uh, Magnus Bradbury talking about, what was it? Hit to hurt. Hit to hurt. Hit yeah. to hurt is what they're talking about in defence. <laughs> that whole idea that if you hit someone and you hurt them, they don't come back again. Cool. That's, Which, old, that's old school. It's quite good. Let's hopefully they can keep that on the pitch. There's no sort of GBH sort of spilling onto the streets or anything like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I take a dark turn. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll come and, back and do predictions for next weekend at the end. But I think Edinburgh certainly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. On the up, aren't they? Yeah, I think um, Donkey Ware. Yes, the pud struggled a little bit at times. His uh, his kicks were still absolutely top mm. notch, but sort of, but he struggled to get the again. Just kind of didn't control the game in certain yeah. parts. Like uh, I think, sort of missed a little bit of like territory. Sa- again, Sam Hadago Klein as well was sort of spraying the ball a little bit, and then obviously when Dun- Donkey Ware went off for his yellow card. Ate the cheesecake. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> the cheesecake. Uh, the cheesecake. <laughs> Come on, Alan, compose yourself. The, sorry, I, I can't believe I just did that. Um, the <laughs> the tea. Yeah, I think I thought that uh, the game against Cardiff, Duncan, we really sort of stamped his authority in the game, and I think for quite substantial moments of this game, he really struggled to sort of dictate territory. And I think that's something that he really needs to sort of keep doing. And, and you know what? I think if he if he keeps playing how he did against Cardiff and for portions of this Dragons game, I think he can really sort of spearhead Edinburgh this year. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a bit much. But yeah, I think he's looking, <laughs> I like he's looking decent. I'm liking him. He's looking, he's looking much better. I think he's behind, a mm. decent, he's behind a decent pack of forwards now. He's getting better ball. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. But, you know, yeah. he's still the pudding, isn't he? He is still, <laughs> but we Poor do we do pity. love him. Yeah, um, Alan, you've got a wee quiz for us, don't you? Before we go on to the Glasgow, don't we? I do. Sorry, it's a bit rubbish because I actually <laughs> had to do some work today. Um, but I'll throw out there. Um, right, we Gregor Townsend named his forty-one man squad back in August, and he picked nine. He invited nine players who are based outside of Scotland. Nine playing players, cl- nine players playing club rugby outside of Scotland, not including Richie Gray, who was excluded uh, for injury. That's one already okay. done. Okay. So we're going to go back and forth until we've got them all. All. And wow, I'm going to okay. give Dave a little head start. <laughs> that's nice. So he can go first. That's nice. Outside, right. So sorry. The question was outside of Scotland. Who are currently playing rugby, club rugby, outside of Scotland. There was nine players. Okay, starting off with your man, Greek Tonks. Greek Tonks is correct. That was going to be one of mine as well. Um, I think he's injured, but he was invited. Dave Denton. Boom. Correct. John Barkley. 
Yeah. Uh, Sean Maitland. Correct. Um, Greg Laidlaw. Greg Laidlaw came over from Claremont. Oh, I didn't have that, actually. Um, did we say Duncan Taylor? Yeah. We have not oh, said Duncan, not Duncan Taylor. Taylor. Three, three all. We've got three left. Okay, so Duncan, who did we talk about in this Scots Abroad feature last week? Yeah. I can't remember. Well, <laughs> I am struggling a wee bit here. Um, two, in, two in England and one elsewhere. <laughs> one elsewhere? One elsewhere. One elsewhere. I don't know. Oh, Hugh Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I wouldn't have got that. Very nice. Um, okay. Two, two more. Two other players currently plying their trade in England. Gordy Reid. Yes. Oh, you've done well. You've done really well with Big Gordy. And the last one. For all, whoever gets the last one takes what is the, the last biscuit. One? Um, the biscuit. <laughs> narrow it down. Gives a wee clue. A wee clue, come on. A wee clue. Just a wee clue. Mascot. No. <laughs> Used to play for Edinburgh, though. Did you used to um used to play for Edinburgh? It's now moved away. Jack Cuthbert. <laughs> <laughs> Had to put a name out there. Give us another clue. Was mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah, well, we can't remember that, so that's not a good clue. In the interview. In the interview. In the interview. With. With Lee Jones. Oh, Visser. Visser. <laughs> and he <Yeah>. takes it. <laughs> as if. That was good. That was, that was the closest it's been in a while. What that was it? really good. What am I? Well, I almost won it. But, oh, well. Once again, though. We felt. Okay. So, shall we move on to chat about um, Glasgow then? Let's do it. Um, who were playing against uh, the Ospreys at uh, Scottsdale on Saturday afternoon. One thirty-one ten. A brace from Alex Dunbar, um, Leo Sarto crossed, and an unbelievable run-in from number eight, Adam Ash, to get the bonus point. Um, what did you guys make of it? Bonus point win against the top Welsh side? That's got to be good news. That, once again, was our prediction, was it not? I Certainly yours. I, I think I said a bonus point standout yeah, victory, a bit of a so I'll take that. I don't think it was standout, because I actually don't think Glasgow played that well. No, I think you're right. Or at least they didn't play that well, you know, in, t- in the first half, it took them a long, long time to get out the uh, yeah to get out the blocks. Really rusty, a lot of handling errors, and it just wasn't all quite clicking. But I think it's the sign of a good team. You know, even when they they weren't playing well, they were rusty. They were doing enough, and the Ospreys just weren't in the game for the second half mm. at all. They were completely um, blown off the park. Do you think that sort of um, rustiness was driven quite a lot by Finn Russell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Finn was was pretty poor. Um, some nice touches, but it just didn't didn't look himself yet. Still looked a little bit off the pace. Yeah, I think so. If him and Sam Davies kind of looked like they were probably the two best players yeah, in the pitch, potentially the best players, but yeah. also were the two players making the most mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but speaking of I mean, best players on the pitch, the Glasgow front row. Soaking wet behind the ears, you know, Jamie Batty, George Turner, mm. Xander Ferguson. I mean, the the scrum, there was a couple of pens early on and Turner's arrows weren't that good. But around the park, those three were unbelievable. Their carries and their work rate and their tackles are just insane. Yeah, I know a lot of the team got um, quite high tackle counts, but I think um, all three were in double figures. And yeah... There was there was one bit where I think Xander Ferguson sort of covered and tackled like the, the scrum half, and then George Turner just sort of swooped in for the turnover and actually got well, I think unfairly sort of pinged, but it yeah. just sort of showed kind of how effective mm. those two guys can be in the loose. And um, I think sort of front row, especially when sort of Gordy Reid left off for uh, London Irish and Fraser Brown got injured, I think it was a position that we're sort of worried about. And there is still obviously issues there at scrum time and in the lineup, mm. but. Around the loose, if yeah. they, they've definitely not lost. If anything, they've gained from, especially sort of George Turner, who just seems to have absolutely no care for his own body <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. He's, he's such an aggressive. I, I think Jamie Batty is the one that surprised me the most. I was a bit surprised when he was even getting selected, um, considering he hadn't played that often, and he seems to take a while to break through, which I suppose is fair enough for a prop. But 
in the games that he's played in preseason and, and these two um, Pro 14 games, he's been really, really impressive. Um, just doing the basics really well. Scrummaging, you know, could improve, but that'll come in time. He's nowhere near his, his, his um, peak as a prop. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's the one that's really impressed me. George Turner, I'm I'm not surprised in a way. Yeah, he's always had such amazing ability in the loose, um, dynamic ball carrier, really aggressive, um, good rubby brain as well. He just hasn't been given given the shot. And um, yeah, Fagerson, he's still so young, but seems like a pretty mature campaigner now. It seems like he's been around for ages. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean, he's, he's br- he really only made his international breakthrough during the autumn last year. Mm. So mm. I mean. We've probably only been talking about him from less than a year, really, as a sort of like a top level player. It's yeah, it's quite quite impressive. What did you guys make of the new lad, Calm Gibbons? He was hitting anything that moved. Yeah, there was sort of his first couple of um, moments in the game. One was sort of a nice pass. One was a pretty savage tackle, and then one was one of the worst hits at a ruck I've ever I've ever seen <laughs> in a good way in a, in a in a real good but also quite horrible way <laughs> um and for someone who's it's their first game like I know obviously he's he's probably pretty warmed up from sort of super rugby but to sort of come out sort of 21 tackles really sort of assert himself um on the Ospreys, I thought it was as good a, good a start as we could could have Assert, asked for. Asserted himself with his haircut as well. Real good lid. spicy lid. Bringing I back like the it. mullet. I like it. I, I, I was happy with it. You know, he backed up with 21 tackles. I think you can have hair however you want, Calum. almost as bad as Stuart Hogg's suit, I'd Ooh. say. <laughs> what was it? It was like a kind of bright blue tartan, a kind of non-matching waistcoat and quite a dodgy <laughs> shirt. Open neck shirt. It was really, it was really oh, nice. he, and he's with, got, he's with got a, a really with, weird lid at the moment as well. <laughs> with a pocket square. Yeah, obviously a pocket square. It was a bit all over the place. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's coming back from injury. You know, when he gets back, he'll be, he'll be, you know, he'll sort himself out, surely. He was quite good though, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was decent. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think um, my favourite thing was Debar. Oh. By mm. an absolute country mile. He's I think back. He, Dunbar is back. I think he's so back to where we when I remember beginning of the Six Nations. We yeah, were like, it was pre pre the England game when he sort of <laughs> I think all the, and then the Saracens game where I think you know his confidence got shot and he just wasn't quite the man he was. But God, he he was unbelievable. It's it seemed like um, he's kind of picked up his pace. I was yeah. really surprised to see him run away because yeah, I thought pick. he got slower since he did, had those bad knee injuries. But yeah. Absolute gas to score that. To <laughs> I that mean, he was looking try. real slow at the end of last year. Yeah, and um, yeah, he was. All, he, he just looked so much sharper. He was getting turnovers like he was back in the yeah. day. Kind of really looked like himself. And I think actually, you know, the Ospreys with sort of Sam Davies and uh, Dan Evans, they can ch- they play a really wide game. Yeah, and actually, I thought Dunbar at thirteen, and actually Rory Hughes and Lee Jones in the wings did really really well defensively in those sort of like outside channels like and um i think that's that it, in terms of when you look at the like possession stats you know i think osprey's had sort of 70 percent possession and i think of a lot of the way that sort of glasgow managed to sort of nullify that attack was really by sort of stopping them in the outside channels and rory hughes putting in some of the biggest hits i've ever seen in the first half i can't like rosa he's looking quite handy at the moment i've never been that big a fan but he's not got great skills no nah but he's a a really big ball carrier. Yeah, aggressive. He seems to be getting himself on the ball in sort of better positions this year than he has been previously and making sort of the, more... The Stuart, Bar- Stuart Barnes was loving him on Sky. Uh, Stuart Barnes name quite dro- likes Glasgow. Name dropping him so much. Was he? <laughs> um, the thing I quite like about Glasgow as well is I just look at the bench and I've been quite surprised with some of Dave Rennie's selections because I think it, it seems in, in, in a few positions he hasn't picked what I would think are like his best players. So you look at the bench and you've still got... Like Ollie Kebble there, Big Brian, Matt Ferguson, Nick Grigg. Like it's it's really, really like positive that you can bring on those yeah. guys and that they're they're not even breaking into the into the team. The the depth just seems ridiculous at the moment. It was great to see Ollie Kebble come on, but he came on, he had one scrum and he made absolutely mincemeat of his opposite man, got got the penalty, and then he, he went off with what mm. looked quite quite a bad sort of knee knee injury. So yeah. I'm not sure if we've got uh it's not been I Check I haven't today. really it's not seen been any an, updates. I haven't so seen I, an I update know. on that, so we don't know yet. So we'll keep an eye on that. But get well soon, Ollie, because he looked like a really handy uh, 
a handy addition to the Glasgow setup when he uh, when he came on. Mm. I think you're right on the subs. I think it was noticeable that the Glasgow subs made a much sort of bigger impact on the game than uh, than the and the, than the Ospreys subs. Yeah, and I think, Ospreys bench average. And I think, as you say, right at the start, the most exciting thing about um, this game, I think, is Ospreys good side. Glasgow didn't play close to what, what we know they can do and what um, I expect them to do this year. And they still sort of came out with a pretty convincing win. Mm. Yeah, come away with a bonus point without playing well. It's just, that's exactly what you want. And they're going they're going into Cardiff on Saturday night. You'd expect them to, to come back with a win from that? Yeah, I think Cardiff had a pretty relatively sort of poor, poor start. Obviously, they lost to Edinburgh. Yeah. I think they, they actually gave Leinster a pretty good game last week until the sort of last 50 minutes and fell away. So I still think they're a competitive team, but you, you'd like to think once again that Glasgow have, have got that in their locker. And if it is the, if it is, if it is, if it is the Glasgow team that we think it is, going down and winning at Cardiff is something they should be doing. Like it's the away matches to Leinster and Munster where they're really going to yeah. find out how good this team is at that sort of club level, not to yeah. mention what they're going to be coming up against in Europe. But um, no, I think I, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Scotsman was absolutely bouncing. It just looks to be like a really good mm. place to play rugby at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice when, like, when it's nice and warm. Well, yeah. Sat, <laughs> sat, a few beers in the sun. Yeah, nice sort of 3 p.m. on a Saturday. See how things go when it's dark, dark, <laughs> dark of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting. Before the game, Rennie specifically mentioned... Um, really sort of forcing um, Ospreys to make, tur- make to make turnovers and sort of capitalising on it. And it was in- that was like something he sort of specifically highlighted for the game. And that's sort of where, like, at least I'm trying to think of the top mid, like two of the tries came specifically from them sort of yeah. pressuring defence, getting the turnover and scoring a try. So obviously that's something that they're sort of clearly sort of focused on as a team. Um, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't break them down at all. It, mm. was, it was amazing. They were forcing those errors and it was just, uh, yeah, it was... There's only so much you can say about it. It was just a great, a great performance, and hopefully they can go and and do three from three against Cardiff. Imagine if both Adam, both Scottish teams go three from three. S- Scottish rugby heaven. Head will explode. There you go. Genuine Scottish rugby heaven. Um, good thing for Glasgow as well. Saying that they've definitely got the easier group. Mm. They've um, yeah. So obviously they've got Ospreys. Ospreys in their group um, on the Welsh, they're the best Welsh side. And the Scarlets look like they're absolutely firing this year. Yeah, they've got Connacht, which obviously is one of the weak, weaker of the Irish teams. Yeah, and then Leinster, who Leinster and the other sorry the, Munster, uh, yeah Munster, who yeah. I don't think going to be that strong this year. I mean, you, Glasgow are going to make that top three. I know it's you don't want to yeah. make too lofty predictions, but it'd be. I'd be incredibly surprised if they don't make the top two yeah. in that group mm. this year. Well, we're, we're going to see that tested next Friday night, Friday the 22nd of September, Scotsland against Munster. Interesting. So Cardiff this Friday, Munster coming up the following week. So we're gonna, that's when they're going to come up against it. I wonder if we'll see um, some more big names being added back in. Actually, no, they're all injured, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Can't expect they'll be back by then. Oh, well. Um, should we have a look at just a quick touch on some Scots playing abroad, how they were getting on? Yeah, it was, well, I know we sort of did a little piece last week on players playing in England, so I was kind of interested to see if we had any, what sort of Scottish players were playing abroad, and it was a lot less than I thought it would be, actually. So we got, in the, Pro 14, John Barkley, mm-hmm. obviously crushing it at the Scarlets, but actually outside of the Scottish teams, he is the only other Scottish player playing in the Pro 14. Mm. And then, yeah. it was in, in France, we've also got Wee, Grieg and Ritchie, Playing, we agree. Got an absolute hiding yeah. against um, La Rochelle at the weekend. That is true. <laughs> uh, yeah, Claremont don't seem to be firing. Although Vern Cotter, three from three, three, three from three, three from three for Montpellier. I mean, although their team is like an absolute farce. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you've got um, obviously Richie Gray, but he's still down injured in um, mm. in Toulouse. And then in the Pro D two, you've still got Johnny B just grinding out for Bayon. And Loves then it. Old Strokos just grinding out at Perpignan. How is he still playing? I, I mean, I didn't even realise he was still playing. He's How? obviously just having a great time down there. He must be, what, 36? Just extend, extends your life living in the south of France. Look at how old some of those Toulon players are. Like some of the old legends, like Gwan Smith and stuff like that. How are they still going? But he's, not, not, he's only 34, actually. 
Maybe. I mean, not only, but like, I thought he was like 50. Yeah, I know. 50. He's already been around for so long. You say that about extending your career. You see sort of the um, chat around Toulon that they've only got like two physios for like a 60-man squad. It's crazy. (laughs) So like no one really gets much sort of like recovery time. But I guess it's the other aspects there. It's just nice living, isn't it? It's real nice living. And then the last one, which... um, I, I kind of randomly just came across because I was watching sort of NPC highlights was old Murray Douglas playing second row for Northland in the same team as Rennie Ranger. So I know, Hannah, you've got, you know a bit more about what he's done post-university. Yeah, well, I think he he sort of made his name playing at Aberdeen Grammar and then he moved to uh, Harriet's and then I think he was like club uh, captain of the club 15. So sort of like made his name there moved to Australia to do his law degree or something or become a solicitor and played for the Melbourne Rising in the NRC and they managed to get a full gig with the Melbourne Rebels. And then obviously with in this sort of like pre-season bit, um, he's managed to get a gig at Northland. It's absolutely incredible. Like, uh, you just kind of think, like, what did he do when he was at Edinburgh? Because I think he played one game for Edinburgh, actually, okay. towards the end of one season, but... I don't know what like Northland and the Melbourne Rebels see in him that the the SRU doesn't. I know. I mean, it's just it, it's a cool little story. Incredibly, yeah, interesting sort of career. And now he's ended up in the north coast of New Zealand, just sort of plying his trade with Rennie Ranger and playing in what is admittedly a pretty yeah, class really league. Yeah, it's a great tournament. Like, yeah, a lot of the MP, the NPC sides would do very well in the Pro Four. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Let's get them in if we're expanding. <laughs> if everyone's coming in, if everyone's coming in, <laughs> yeah. come on, why not? Yeah. And um, yeah, and then I spent quite a lot of time looking at the Japanese league, but no, no Scotland players there. Shame. Lot of South Africans though. So yeah. top dollar. But yeah, a lot of weird team names up in over in Japan though. <laughs> They're all owned by like individuals and companies, yeah. aren't they? Mitsubishi, Toshiba. It's like Kobe Steel and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. got Iron Brew Warriors. <laughs> the Iron Brew Warriors would be good. Tablet Warriors. I would quite like that. <laughs> well, that's a good, good one to think about as we come on. We'll speak to Iron Brew about that. Yeah. Um, are we done, do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon Why so. Why don't we do quick predictions for yeah, this yeah, weekend yeah. coming? Since we were so accurate um, last weekend, how about, Matt, I'm coming to you for your prediction of Edinburgh. Friday Night Lights, the big <laughs> one. Against Treviso. I think it was last year they advertised it as more than just a derby, or it's not just a derby. It was like, well, I mean, it's like, a Treviso game. Yeah, for I mean, it's, or it's, it's, speci- it's specifically not a derby. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's like more a, than a derby. It's as like, a starting yes, point. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggie. I think Edinburgh will win 30 points to 10 and get the bonus points. 30 points to 10. Alan? 29 points to 11. <laughs> <laughs> I will go. I'm, I think they're going to go. 35-6. Treviso yeah. not crossing the whitewash. Not, not a Fortress Myers like that. like that. And a Robbie Fruin um, badge pump as well. Nice. I reckon he's going for it. Um, and then Saturday night, Glasgow down at Cardiff. Um, Alan, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think going to squeeze a win. I think, you know, they're looking good. And, you know, if Edinburgh can go down to Cardiff and get the win, then mm. you bloody well expect Glasgow with where they're currently playing so still think it'll be tight tw- 25-20 super no tight. bonus point no bonus point mm. Ooh, yeah negative <laughs> still in there isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Matt what do you think I think it'll be tight as well actually I don't think they'll get the bonus point but I think they'll win like 23-13 that's quite yeah I, I quite like the look of that um, I'll, I know it'll be seen as like a good away win bank it Bank it. Bank a good away win on a Saturday night. I I think, how about something like 32-15? There you go. Oh. That is a rugby score. High score. Punchy <laughs> as. That is a rugby score. That is a rugby score. You know, it's another, it's another plastic pitch. They're not going to be daunted by that. That's true. going to be quite nice for them. If they get, I think they can, they can stuff them. Cardiff aren't that good. Edinburgh proved it. Shall we talk about the Pro 14 game that I'm most excited about this weekend? Oh, the big one. Cheers, Zebra. Zebra. It's been postponed. It's, the, been, it's on the BBC website. BBC it's postponed. postponed. <laughs> the David At- they were calling it the David Attenborough special because it's Cheetahs versus Zebras. <laughs> I mean, they literally can't give tickets away for it, presumably. Why, why has it been cancelled? I don't know. It's on BBC, it just says there's two P's next to both Cheetah and Zebra. Do you think Zebra were just like, I'm not going to Bloemfontein? She's just like, we don't want you. We'll lose, <laughs> we'll lose money on this game by hosting it. 
don't know. It's I, d- I don't know what's happening. I'm ex- I was excited about it as well because I'm really excited about seeing the South African teams at home. And well, how Southern Kings are playing Leinster on Saturday, so that'll be. <laughs> okay. Pumped. But you still got to go all the way to South Africa. By the end of the time you get there, you're like, I can't be bothered. No time difference, though. I know, but it's still so far away. Yeah. No, that is true. It's. I'm also just thinking South Africa. I can't wait till it's like Christmas time and Connacht have got to play one game in Galway <laughs> in pouring rain. And Bluefontaine's got an average like 32 degrees. Yeah, oh, that's a joke. They've got to come to... Um, Southern Kings have got to come to Edinburgh oh, in like the second week of January. Oh, really? Which is going to just be horrible for them. Mm. <laughs> Poor guys. Right. I think that's That'll it. Do. Right. Well, we'll come back. We'll touch touch base on our predictions next week. We're Well, I won't be back. Matt and Alan will be back to take you through it. I'm away for the next couple of weeks. So, I don't know. You're going to get a guest in or something like that? Are we, rock- are we just rocking the two of us? Yeah, I suppose. Where are you off to? I'm going to Peru. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. So, uh, I'll keep an eye on things as much as I can, but I'll be back beginning of October. Are you not going to so. call in like I did? Yeah. I could try and call in. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to be like, I'm going to be in the Amazon. That match you pitch you. I don't think it's going to happen. Like I can't that. wait till you d- when you tell your girlfriend that you've got to watch the Edinburgh game in <laughs> Cusco. There's got to be somewhere showing the Edinburgh Treviso game yeah, exactly. in Cusco. Tra- traipsing around <laughs> South America trying to find a bar that will show me Edinburgh or yeah, Edinburgh Treviso. Ooh, the big one. Right, that'll do it, guys. Um, thanks a lot for coming along, keeping with us. Um, keep up with us on uh, Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod and get yourself on iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, we really love to hear from you. That is the Thistle for another week. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.